Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground. Alternative activists empowerment talk radio. Speaking truth to our and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? I am a revolutionary. It's about what we didn't do. Amen. Then it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person. Because ultimately, our people's future resides on what we do outside of the White House. African descent fairly, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on action block, auction blocks, put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experience, experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education, and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America? No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God... Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our Common Ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions, and ideas. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Talk, talk, that matters. Transforming truth truth to power. One broadcast at a time. Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern Time from the Our Common Ground Studios live. And now to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. What you are hearing is the scene unfolding live in Big Bear right now, a gun battle in the search for Christopher Dorner. And our authorities are telling us, uh, authorities are telling our CBS John Miller that they are engaged in a gun battle with a heavily armed Christopher Dorner. All right, Steve, we're going to go, uh, we're going to go forward with the plan with the, with the burner. Got it. Okay. 
but there are those who whisper that we are culture and a necessity that bring truth to a cloaked world. In this spirit we will forge ahead and allow Operation Born with the commands. We are anonymous. We are legion. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Expect us. This is our common ground, and we are not anonymous. Speaking truth to power and ourselves, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Clarion call at our common ground. Resistance, rebellion, reconstruction. Broadcasting bold, brave, and black. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Murdered 
by friendly fire, and he wounded another in this exchange. There were no signs of his presence, let alone his resistance. According to what people heard on police dispatches, it was then that the deputies decided to burn the cabin down. This is what one sheriff deputy told another. We're going we're gonna go ahead with the plan with the burner, like we talked about, as you heard in the clip coming into the show tonight. Minutes later another deputy's voice crackled across the radio. The burners deployed and we have a fire. Next a sheriff reported a single shot heard from inside the house. This was before the fire had penetrated deeply into the cabin's interior and may have signaled Dorner's suicide. At that point, an experienced ex-policeman like him would have known that it was all over. Over the next hour, citizens listened into the operation of the Sheriff's Department uh, carefully managing the fire, ensuring that it burned the cabin thoroughly. Dorner is a former member of the Los Angeles Police Department who had accused his ex-colleagues of abuse and a system of racism in a lengthy, detailed manifesto, and we're going to be examining that manifesto tonight. We do not have a guest. You are our guest at Our Common Ground. Our number is 347-838-9852. We would like to hear your points of view, not your speeches, but your points of view about what occurred this week in the mountains just outside of Los Angeles. If you're just joining us uh, and you're listening and you'd like to join our chatters in our chat room, you can do so by coming to blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG and join us there. Tonight, one of the things I want to talk about is... Uh, the issues of raised by Christopher Donner in his manifesto, and we'll be going over a number of those, uh, about the issue of guns. Uh, it was reported by the media that he was in possession of many high-powered guns, and we want to talk about that. We want to talk about the media's reporting uh, and the media's capitulation to the messages uh, being given it uh, by uh, the uh, Los Angeles Police Department uh, and by the San, San Bernardino Sheriff's Department. Uh, there are a number of questions as to how the media complied with certain information and their reporting observations at the scenes. Uh, if uh, there was a constant barrage of gunfire, it would have been the main source of concern among the police at the scene. Uh, it seemed not to be. Uh, there is a grand tradition of law enforcement using incendiary devices to assault suspects and of covering their use. Um, it was not until 51-day FBI siege of the Waco, Texas compound of the Messianic uh, 
uh, Branch Davidian called that burners are incendiaries, 40-millimeter military-grade cartridges were used to burn a structure down. Six years after claiming that the Branch Davidians deliberately burned their own compound down, the FBI finally admitted that it used incendiary rounds but insisted that none of them contributed to the fire. We know the history here. Uh, we'd like to hear your point of view uh, about uh, the manhunt, the manifesto, things that struck you in this manifesto as part of our common ground. Thank you for, for being with us again. Our number is 347 838-9852. We do want to make a note about black history. This is the third week of black history, and there are uh, a number of things that are important for us uh, to know about who we are and where we've been and how we got from here to there. Um, I have a new clarion call here at our Common Ground. It's the three R's. Resistance, Rebellion, and Reconstruction. We hope that you'll stay with us. I want to share with you something that might strike you as so similar as we begin to look at the saga of the Dorner uh, Manifesto and the manhunt and his ultimate murder. And there are some of you who are saying, well, I'm not going to hold him up as a hero. Uh, and I don't think that... We are particularly looking at um, whether or not he's a hero. We are not particularly looking at whether or not he's a hero tonight. What we are looking at is how he shares common ground as a black man in America, a man who had done all of the things that he was told to do to be successful. And ultimately, his downfall seemed to have been that he bought into the system of oppression and at the point where he recognized that oppression, it was much too much for him to bear. Let's take a look, uh, a listen at what Malcolm X had to say about all of this. My reason for having just come from uh, Los Angeles, and had I, uh, if this meeting had taken place four days ago, we perhaps would have had a different approach, but the same subject was the brutal murder that took place in Los Angeles Friday night of a black man. I won't say a Muslim, because you, the white press wants to blow up the fact that it was a Muslim in an effort to alienate him from the, what they call the Negro masses. This was a so-called Negro that was shot down. Not one, but seven of them, in cold blood by the police. And any time some white liberal wants to jump up in my face and tell me something about the Gestapo tactics that are practiced in Nazi Germany, I'll bust you in your mouth. Get that just please. I don't want to hear that. Will you cut that out, please? If, you, if in the same breath you can't describe the Gestapo tactics that are practiced in Nazi America against black people in this country, day in and day out, north, south, east, and west, you shouldn't open up your white mouth about Germany or South Africa or Portugal or any other country on this earth. The Los Angeles 
police department for the past five days have used America's press, meaning the radio, the television, the newspaper, to cover up one of the worst crimes, one of the most inhuman acts of atrocity that have ever been committed in a civilized society or in a so-called civilized society. And this Gestapo-type action is a crime not only against black people, it's a crime against society, people who call themselves civilized, it's a crime against people who call themselves religious, and it's a crime against people who call themselves God-fearing. In America, as black people, we haven't seen any religious white people. In America, as black people, we haven't seen any God-fearing white people. Harrington, the man whose name you just called out as a Christian preacher and, and, and classified as a white liberal, he doesn't want us in there because he knows he can't close our mouth when it comes to pointing out in an uncompromising way the treatment of black people in America, not at the hands of Nazis, not at the ha hands of Germans, but at the hands of white people who call themselves Christians, at the hands of white people who call themselves and because these and because these these criminals in Los Angeles wore police uniforms, it didn't make their criminal acts any more so right than the uniform worn by the Gestapo in Nazi Germany. And there you have it. Malcolm X filling in the historical puzzle. Uh, many of you might believe that the brutality and the issues of systemic and systematic racism in the Los Angeles Police Department began with Rodney King, but it get, began much earlier than Rodney King. Our lines are open for you to talk about this at 347-838-9852 tonight at Our Common Ground. We're making an attempt to put all of this in perspective, the perspective of both the manifesto that was left, over 11 pages of writings by um, uh, Christopher Dorner. One of the things that, that strikes me is that we often, and I know that I have said that at Our Common Ground in 2013, if we're not talking about poverty, hunger, homelessness, mental health, and education, then we are not talk that matters. So tonight, we are really talking about the mental health of a people who are bombarded by a system of white supremacy and the oppression and the depression by which, which I'm always talking about, racial discrimination occurs. Now, here was a man who did everything that he was supposed to do. He's a graduate of Southern Utah uh, University. He was a football player there. He went through the Los Angeles Police Department Academy. He took his officer training, uh, officer, uh, police officer training in the academy, did well. He was a favorite boy from all accounts. He loved being a police officer. There is another question that comes up for me. 
and that is for five years he loved being a police officer. And given the activities of the Los Angeles Police Department, it was not until he witnessed another officer who was his training officer kick a disabled black man in the chest at the time of an arrest. He reported it, and he was terminated because a hearing board found that he was not telling the truth. On Wednesday night on Solar Fire at TruthWorks Network, Dr. Matthew Johnson put all of this into a framework that I think is quite insightful and quite concise. The other thing that I'd like to refer you to is that Alternate at Alternate.org covers how law enforcement and media covered up the plan to burn Christopher Dorner alive, which happened. And I would also like to, to point you to Counterpunch at counterpunch.org where they are they have written a, a wonderful evaluation and examination of what happened and how Los Angeles Police Department injustice has been applied in other cases um and looked at the deaths of Oscar Grant and Lavelle Mixon, Oscar Grant in San Francisco, Lavelle Mixon in Oakland, um, uh, talking about how black men are just being executed by police. And at some point I'm asking the question, how do we hold accountable? We saw this manifesto and the allegations that Christopher Dorner makes in the allegations of things that we knew, you know, we go through this, you know, but you don't know that you know. And at what point are we, and this is a critical question, at what point are we going to allow individual officers to transform a law enforcement organization into a military state? This is what Dr. Matthew V. Johnson on Solar Fire last Wednesday night had to say, and I would really recommend that if you do, did not catch his show last Wednesday, you can go to TruthWorks Network and, uh, and uh, catch it on demand. The entire two hours were riveting, but here is just a piece. Well, in this particular case, the Los Angeles Police Department messed with the wrong Marine. But you can only do people so bad for so long before sooner or later they're going to go in revolt. And I don't care who you are. And I don't care where it is. I don't care whether it's the Los Angeles Police Department. I don't care if it's the black church. Sooner or later, people who abuse institutions and who abuse power in with which they have become entrusted can sooner or later and without warning received at the hands of their intended victim and unintended justice. Christopher Dorner went into revolt 
because he, according to his own manifesto, had no other options. He was out of options. And he was out of options. And I believe his story. I believe that man was telling the truth. We know that the Los Angeles Police Department is historically corrupt. We know that. And we know that people, particularly white folk, historically in America, particularly against black people, have historically used power arbitrarily and without accountability. And we know that they demand of black people in positions, particularly on police departments, that you participate in the oppression of your own folk. As the price of admission, and most Negroes are willing, that, are, that want to be policemen, are willing to pay it at our expense. And we fought for more black police on the assumption that if you get more black police, then there'll be less oppression of black folk. No, they readily join hands with their white counterparts. They become white police in blackface. Christopher Dorner, however, did not become that. He was unwilling to participate in his own and his people's oppression. Unwilling. The message is, of course, that if you are, are unwilling to compromise with the evil of corruption, then the evil of corruption will break you. It's a clear message they wanted to send to Christopher Dorner. However, Christopher refused to surrender and would rather die than to lose his name. He had moral courage. He's not some insane lunatic. He's not to be put on put in the same category as the people who walk into places and go postal and shoot them up. If you agree with that, then you have bought into the lies of the mass media and this society and this culture about black people and the fact that we don't have a humanity. And we don't, in fact, we don't even know when we're being walked on. Black men aren't supposed to be men. They're supposed to be the passive recipients of the degradation that these white officers and other Negroes who have sold out and Hispanics who participate in it see every day in the prisons that they put them in, the degraded civilists of human beings that they picked up on the street and turned and, and put into jail and turned into some sort of something just uh, a little less than a human being and a little bit more than an animal. They expect all black people to behave that way. Chris Donner didn't. They got a surprise. They expected him to go passively into the night and to be forgotten. They expected to do what they did to him and get away with it and walk scot-free and unaccountable. Because after all, they got guns and badges and they're accountable to no one. Chris Donner held them accountable. May not agree with his method, but he held him accountable. 
And if his methods were a little skewed, it's because they skewed him. Everybody likes to quote the Bible, but nobody likes it to return uncomfortably true. Be not deceived, God is not mocked whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. If his methods were skewed, it's because they skewed him. Christopher Donner fought back the only way he could, as he saw it. These people are used to get away, getting away with treating people just as they please. And I'm sure you've seen this on your job, people who, who willingly abuse power, people who persist in indulging in daily, routinely racist practices because they know no one's held holding them accountable. They certainly don't have to worry about the EEOC. Not under this president anyway. Don't worry about that. One thing black people is, are, are getting used to is that nobody is going to come to their aid. Nobody in power. Not even other blacks when we, in fact, empower them. Chris Donner was a sign of the times and is a sign of the times. He is what happens when the hopeless refuse to give up hope. If you thought a dream deferred was dangerous, you're looking at a faith destroyed. It's worse. What happens to a faith destroyed? Christopher Donner is a faith destroyed. He is somebody who tried to... I compare him existentially to somebody like Martin Luther. Why? Because he is somebody who invested in the system. He is a man who desperately wanted the American way to be real. He invested in the system. You can look at his political choices and see that in a way uh, he was he was kind of mixed up in terms of his political affiliations. Because he chose to support some people politically who reinforced the very conditions that he with which he was at war. This kind of political right-wing conservative ideology that has at its core the assumption that black people are... <clears throat> they fired the true belief. They fired him for belief. His God had turned on him. His system. He went to draw down from his moral investment in the system, and he got the answer insufficient fun. He found that he was bankrupt, destitute, and now homeless. Because now this kid realized that the America he invested in never existed. It was a moral, spiritual, and political Ponzi scheme that he had been had. Where do true believers go when they find out their gods are idols? What do true believers do when they find out that their faith 
bad investment. To whom do they go? To what bar does he does he run? What judge does he stand before now to plead his case? Because the system has proven to be morally, spiritually, politically bankrupt. Where does he go? Where does he turn? Well, if your faith is in this system, there is no place to turn. Existentially, you have no way out but despair, hopelessness. And the true believer turned hopelessness, turned hopeless, I'm sorry, is about as dangerous a man as you will find anywhere. That was Dr. Matthew B. Johnson on Soul of Fire last Wednesday night. It is clear that Donner was not a radical, but his short war was not simply the story of a broken man or of some individualistic vengeance. The issues of brutality and racism perpetually covered up by a corrupt police department created this insurgent Donner and resonated with so many people who endure the reality of urban policing on a daily basis. I think that the sympathy and the support that Christopher Donner received is a clear indicator of the very real and deep structural inequalities that helped forge the path of Donner's life and his fiery death. The great radical historian Mike Davis conducted a recent article, wrote in a, in a recent article on Dorner with a, a very peculiar question. Does anyone cheer Dorner? What is peculiar is that for better or worse, there's no denying that the answer was yes. You're listening to Our Common Ground, and our number is 347-838-9852. We'd like to hear your impressions of the events surrounding Christopher Donner's death, his manhunt, his termination from the Los Angeles Police Department, the response by the police uh, by the police department and the public. In his uh, manifesto, I hope that all of you are written it uh, have read it. There are sections that the media do not mention, but they are very important to the whole manifesto and one of the things that he wrote that just struck me he wrote you disrespect the office of the president of the United States presidency and commander in chief you call him Kenyan mongroid Muslim and when in essence, you are to address him as simply president. The same as you did to President George W. Bush and all those in the highest ranking position of our land before him. 
just as I always have. You question his birth certificate, his educational and professional accomplishments, and his Judeo-Christian beliefs. You make disparaging remarks about his dead parents. You never questioned the fact that his former opponent, the Honorable Senator John McCain, was not born in the continental United States of America, or that Bush had a C average in his undergrad, uh, referring to uh, his uh, grades at um, Yale University. Electoral candidates' children, Romney, state that they want to punch the president in the face during debates with no formal repercussions. He goes on to say, do not forget your commitment to transparency in your organization, speaking to President Barack Obama. Sometimes I believe your administration forgets that America, you will realize today and tomorrow that this world is made up of all human beings who have the same general needs and wants in life for themselves, their kin, community, and state. This is the freedom to live and love. They may eat different foods, enjoy different music, have different dialects, or speak a second language, but in essence, they in essence, are no different from you and I. This is America. We are not a perfect sovereign country, as we have our own flaws, but we are the closest that ever exists. It's really interesting. In his manifesto, he talks about, uh, he, he writes about media people, Chris Matthews, Joe Scarborough, Pat Harvey, Brian Williams, Soledad O'Brien, Wolf Blitzer, Meredith Vera, Tavis Smiley, and Anderson, Keeper, uh, Anderson Cooper, Keep up the good work and follow Cronkite's lead. I hope many of you in the same I hold many of you in the same regard as Tom Brockow and the late Peter Jennings. Cooper, stop nagging and berating your guests. They're your guests. Mr Mr Scarborough, we met at McGuire's pub in Picola in two thousand and two when I was stationed there. It was an honor conversing with you about politics, family and life. He also talked about um, General Colin Powell, your book, My American Journey, solidified my decision to join the military after college. Um, so if you have not read his p complete manifesto, I suggest that you do. Uh, he, um, he, he asked that journalists, uh, I want you to investigate every location I resided in growing up. Find any incidents where I was ever accused of being a bully. He also names the people who he believes was part of the conspiracy to find him guilty in his charges, in the charges against him at the Los Angeles Police Department. And one of the most heartfelt things that he wrote he wrote, I am not an aspiring rapper. I'm not a gang member. I'm, I'm not a dope dealer. I don't have multiple babies' mamas. I'm an American by choice. I'm a son. I'm a brother. I am a military service member. I'm a man who has lost complete faith in the system when the system betrayed, slandered, and libeled me. I lived a good life, and though not a religious man, I always stuck to my own personal code of ethics, ethos, and always stuck to my shoreline and true north. 
I didn't need the U.S. Navy to instill honor, courage, and commitment in me, but I thank them for reinforcing it. It's it's in my DNA. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Our Common Ground, and when we come back, we'll talk more. Our number is 347-838-9852, and we want to know what you are thinking. The manifesto, the man, the manhunt, the employer, and the questions, the unanswered questions. We're not seeing any reporting about the allegations relative to murders that he committed. We're not seeing any information relative to any investigation into his terminations and the accusations he makes about the Los Angeles Police Department in his manifesto. The number is 347-838-9852, and all the lines are open. I'm Janice Graham, and you stay tuned. We're coming right back. The ashes of a manifesto. Radio with Playbell Benjamin. 
TruthWorks Network is proud to present Commentaries on the Times Radio with Playbell Benjamin. Thursdays, 10 p.m. Noted journalist, broadcaster, researcher, and black studies lecturer, Playbell Benjamin. Each Thursday, 10 p.m. If it was unconstitutional, the Republicans would impeach him. Mm-hmm. And impeach him because it's not unconstitutional. And what he did is completely reasonable in view of the situation that we face. And as I point out further in this piece, what do you think would happen if some of these jihadists managed to actually set off a nuclear weapon or a dirty bomb in an American city? You think you think these laws are severe? You think these laws are severe? They would declare martial law, period, all over this country. You know, we'd have a police state overnight. You understand what I'm saying? That's far more severe than anything you see here. So this is this is just, you know, another, you know, like the, the hysterics, you know, on the left, you know, who, uh, you know, who, you know, make a big deal of, of all of this. And boy, you know, all out of proportion. This, the, what, the, the situation that Barack Obama is involved with, he's involved with people uh, who, um, he's involved with people who, first of all, are willing to die. Not only are they willing to die to achieve the objective, they're willing to kill as many people as necessary. They believe that they're on a divine mission. They believe that we are all infidels and devils anyway, so though we don't really matter. Doesn't matter how many of us they kill. That bill we have given the South to the Republicans for a generation, but it's turned out to be much more than a generation. It's turned out to be a couple of generations or more. But the point is, is that the Republicans, in order to create a majority, appeal to these racist, uh, dumb rednecks in the South, and that's these are the people who form the basis of the Tea Party, and they have lost control of them now. You know, but the, but 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 these people, they fed them a diet of racism. However. The business class of Republicans, they don't really care about race. I'm talking about the people who were represented by George Bush Sr., George Bush Jr. George Bush was not a racist. You know, racists don't appoint basic strategies, fundamental strategy, what's the play to race, the Southern strategy. Now, there's a book written on this uh, that explains this in detail, a great scholarly book written by a great scholar, uh, Dr. Dan T. Carter. The title of the book is um, The Politics of Rage. And this is a man who is a Bancroft Prize-winning Southern historian, one of the best. And he gives a detailed, documented, detailed account of how the Republicans worked this Southern strategy to win over the South. So now, the Republican Party is stuck with a a party where you have, uh, you know, who we were, you know, establish our humanity, establish our tradition to, you know, to, to, to make it clear, you know, uh, that we were people with a history and traditions, and we were not an insignificant factor in the world. That's that was the, that was the main motivating force behind him. Organ. Commentaries on the Times Radio, featuring noted essays from his renowned commentaries on the Times blog, only on TruthWorks Network. We hope you'll join Playbell Benjamin and commentaries on the Times Radio, only on TruthWorks Network. Reviewing Thursday, February 21st, 10 p.m. Listen and learn. Talk Radio.
economics. It's about the half and the half not. Wake up! I remember when we prayed for the
recently had like a meeting with my teacher mentor and we were talking about democracy and he was talking about teaching democracy and basically trying to get the kids to sort of buy into the notion of democracy working and it was like he took it as a how should I say it was an unquestioned truth and I was kind of shocked and I was like so democracy it does work (laughs) and I remember Uh when he looked at me it was kind of like I could see right there that, like, my job was probably in jeopardy. (laughs) Just from sort of, like, you know, making that an option for the kids to even discuss. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, as far as, like, his mental health and and the mental health of our children as they get older and out into the world and and sort of get slapped in the face with these realities, um, I wonder what the responsibility of the school system is and Mm -hmm. how we can how we can give that to the kids and sort of not get fired, I guess. Well, in the traditional way that we deal with education and the events that uh, are significant in the lives of black children, uh, my I, my notion of whether or not this will be dealt in, with in schools, even at the insistence of students at both the high school, junior high school, and college level will be dealt with at all. Mm-hmm. But... I think you raise a very important point, and I certainly was thinking of that when I looked at his background. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems as though um, he primarily was surrounded in an, w- w- grew up in an environment which caused him to believe mm-hmm. that he could blend in, he could be whatever he w- wanted to be. Excuse me, I have a terrible cold. He could. Mm-hmm. He, he he adopted the American dream, right? Which is a flaw. <laughs> which is a horrible, horrible thing that we can do to black children. And there right. was no correction. Even when he went to college, he went to the University of Southern Utah, hmm. where he probably studied no black history, mm-hmm. and he came there with not having a knowledge of black history or understanding the socioeconomic, cultural issues of black people Mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. Then he has this military background, which uh, you can be, you know, be all the things you want to be or whatever that saying is in the Marines. Mm -hmm. So um, he was a man who thought, and this I think that this is where the crack in his psyche came. Yeah, I think it's really sad. That it didn't apply to him. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I don't know, and, you know, you're a teacher, and excuse me for a minute, but at our common ground, I just want to say that I have been saying for the 28 years that I have been broadcasting that every black person who does not have command of his or her blackness at some point comes to a nigger moment. Mm -hmm. And it either makes a difference and they begin to rethink, or it makes a difference, and they capitulate, fall apart, and become invisible. Mm-hmm. Or I, I find a lot of them just sort of decide that there's nothing they can do, so if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> that's and what know, I've seen mostly, that, that's what especially happened. from I, my generation. I'm 33, yeah. and, and it's just, I feel I feel that that's extremely predominant amongst mm-hmm. my generation. You know, at some point that you have to retreat, 
from uh, your blackness. That is what is required. You have to get go along to get along. And right. so many of us, I don't think that there are, I think there are very few black people in America who haven't figured that out, especially in a work environment. Mm-hmm. I read three of the testimonies and witnessing of three African-American Los Angeles Police Department uh, officers uh, in the past week. One was an African-American woman who clearly had to make this very hard decisions. Do I deal with my truth and my reality? Am I going to be authentic in myself in this job, in this environment, in this culture? Mm-hmm. Or I won't be able to, to feed my children. Right. So, you know, I mean, I, I was telling the audience um last week um that at some point as a an employee somewhere black people have to make the choice of am i going to do hard time or if i or am i going to do soft time hmm. well i mean i i for one sort of decided that that, that might, it might not be possible for me to survive in the workplace and so i I went abroad for a while, and so I don't know. I'm at the point where I'm thinking about maybe that's the best choice. But but here was a man who decided at some point uh, that I I can't I can't do this. I can't contain myself anymore. Right. I mean, this man clearly had a black down as opposed to a nervous breakdown. Right. But I wonder if people—I wonder if people even understand that they do have options, even when that happens. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, well, if you listen outside to the clip, of this country, like it's not necessarily the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's some yeah. level of escape, and yeah. it's sad that he didn't see that as maybe an option. But I think he was unusual in the sense that he had totally bought into the system. He thought he was one of them. Uh yeah, I, I yeah I don't know if that's that unusual. <laughs> no, it's, I, I, think I don't think it's unusual. At all. I don't think it's that unusual. At I, least, I, at least I, with my generation, I don't think no. it's unusual. I, I don't at all. think it's un, un, unusual at, at. I think that it's frequently, and mm-hmm. people make decisions, and 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 you know one of the things that we have to point out is that there are many black people walking around in this world, in this country who have had their souls broken Early by on. just this kind of behavior. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the, the testimony of, uh, uh, if you look at the documents, his legal documents, in regard to his um, termination, mm-hmm. and you look at how biased it was, mm-hmm. it was so outrageously biased, and, mm-hmm. and this man was so outrageously wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good point that you bring up about options, whether or not mm-hmm. he thought he had options. And I think he came to the conclusion that he didn't have he options. Didn't. Everything yeah. that he had invested, you know, and if you've ever joined us at, at our our sister channel, 
TruthWorks Network, we had a show, a six-week series called Working While Black. Mm. And the government agencies that are supposed to protect us from race discrimination, (laughs) systemic uh, discrimination, and systematic discrimination is broken. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yes. Or so, they just haven't caught they haven't caught up to the sort of how should I say, um, evolved system that, that, that works now of discrimination. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> like no. they've I gotten mean, pretty good at it. <laughs> Christopher Dorner became uh the equivalent uh, 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 an equivalency is this. Um, I've been married to you for thirty five years. You now don't love me and love someone else, and you have been my everything. Mm. So I go get a gun, and I shoot you, and, you know, I look at, I also look at, you know, I heard some psychologist on CNN talking about he had lost his empathy. All of the innocents were disconnected from this in his, during the manhunt, he did not harm. If you listen to the the the, wit, the witness, the man who he took his truck, uh-huh. uh, and the man told him, he said, "Take your dog. I do not want to hurt you." Uh huh. And he tied up the people in the cabin. And he, and he did tied not up hurt the people them. and left them a cell phone. Right. <laughs> and that was his undoing. Yeah. Yeah. So he he clearly was not the kind of, as Dr. Matthew V. Johnson said on Wednesday night at Soul of Fire, he clearly was not the kind of crazy, raged person that we think of. Well, but he was we broken hearted, I think. had decided, I will die for this. Yes, yeah. Because I have nothing else. Yeah. When he talks about his name, I tell you, I don't, what is your first name, please? Um, Stephanie. Stephanie, I tell you, when I read him writing about his name, Hmm. the tears just came up in my eyes. Because you and I know, Stephanie, we know Christopher Donners. Oh, yeah. (laughs) In my family. (laughs) Yes, we know Christopher Donners. We know the kind of heartache and pain when people do the right thing, they they obey the law, and they think that the system, if you just do the right thing, do Mm -hmm. all the things they tell you to do, that you are worthy, and you Mm -hmm. come to a point where the people you want to be just like are telling you, one, you ain't like us, and two, you're not worthy. Yeah. I don't know. I I used to think that, like, you know, because I sort of, came to the conclusion pretty early on that things were sort of overtly unfair because I went to I went to school in an area that was like very segregated and very unequal and so I always thought that was kind of like a disadvantage but now you <laughs> but I mean think, looking at other people I think you know on some levels it was a major advantage just to that's why start out knowing <laughs> That's why I tell people, you listen to them other talk shows, and if they are not affirming you and understanding that you as a black person have a different perspective because your experience is different, then you're doing yourself a disservice. You know, I I just I, I, I just think that 
we have to find ourselves inside of our black souls and that each one of us has a responsibility to affirm that. Otherwise, we would not have survived as a people. Stephanie, I've enjoyed yeah. talking with you. I've got another caller who wants to talk with us as well. But thank you for joining us, and I hope you'll join us each. Um, and write your own manifesto. That's what I'm telling people. Write your manifesto today. Okay, great. Thank you so much for talking. Thank you, and you, you have a great work. weekend. Thank that was you. Stephanie calling us, and we're going to go to 610. You're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. I guess hello. Good evening, Brother Brock Brother over here. Brock Good to hear Hope you. I missed you. Yes, indeed. I've been working some very long hours, and I'm at work now. I moved to the side, so I hope it's not too loud. Good day to you and the Blog Talk family. I do miss you guys and gals. So uh, I am still in the game, and I am trying to listen as often as I can. So I like uh, to give us your impression of this manhunt and this man uh, who we have claimed his name, Christopher Donner. Uh, I have a question on that. I, I guess to answer your question, is I'm, 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 I'm caught between two worlds because, like you just mentioned, and most likely the Blog Talk family has said it, uh, we're all in that same boat where we've got we became ostracized so much based on uh, uh, being jerked around that we may have been at our last leg. The question is, did we take it to the next step? And I, that answer, obviously, we did not take it to next step. To the next step, he did. So now I would like to ask a question, comment. Based on his manifesto, when I read it, he was. It, it seemed like the first tipping point was when he saw the white officer, lieutenant guy, kick the homeless person. I could be wrong, but I, that's the way I, when I read it, because he mentioned that over and over and over. He must yes. have mentioned everything three, mm-hmm. four, five times, so he's repeating himself a lot. So uh, those I are don't, the charges. Yep. Those are the yep. charges that he made for which he was accused of lying on an officer, and that uh-huh. is why he was terminated. Yes. So um, I'm wondering, because like I, I've had uh, 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 cases against our local union. And I got blackballed, and they turned everything around, similarly to what he's saying. But on for him, it's a police force, so I can mag- he can magnify his situation nine times more than mine. Because you're talking with you're talking about being in a room with police, and they have guns, and people get uh, antsy and nervous or, or spiteful or vengeance. They're not going to just uh, hit you with your fist like in my local union, they might actually pull out a gun like, you know, in his harsh offices because they shoot quite often, whether it's a practice or for real. So I don't want to say one of the things his, that, his, that in our experience we know about, uh-huh. and that is that kind of betrayal. Okay. So young woman that he allegedly shot, and we still don't know uh, if the two people were killed by him. There's no reporting on that incident. Mm. And now that he's charged, that they yeah. had a barbecue with him, we will never really know 
what happened because the Los Angeles Police Department and that whole system has yeah. cranked in 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 into operation and they are going to continue to cover everything up in the same way that they have covered things up over the years. But the attorney that represented him in that hearing was the father of the woman he allegedly killed. Now, is that a conflict of interest or not? I guess it's not concerned conflict of interest with the attorney? Well, no. The attorney, essentially what he says in his manifesto is that this attorney who was supposed to be representing him was offered uh, a quid pro quo to fail in his representation of him and got off by the police department, and that is why he was terminated. Now, do you think, uh, like I said, his first allegation was, it's all based on the officers kicking the homeless person. Did you do you think that was enough to warrant everything else that happened? I think that because he went so public uh, with this accusation, and there is some code code among police officers. I mean, any time right. a police officer uh, reports uh, misconduct by another police officer. And and generally he is told by his commanding officer or her commanding officer that they should leave it alone. You know how that goes. Yeah, it was wrong, but, you know, I wouldn't touch this one. Just like all of you who are sitting out there listening to this broadcast tonight, you talk, you talk to someone, your supervisor or, or a colleague about something that is wrong in your in your work environment, uh, you talk about somebody who has been betrayed or done wrong, and everybody tells you, "Be cool, don't you know, leave it alone," because you'll end up at the end of the uh-huh. stick. Yeah. They killed the messenger. Yeah. So I think that um, because they were so persistent in it, and I really think that he never suspected that he would be terminated for that. Okay. Now, let me ask this question on the second part, and I'll be done. Uh, when you talk about the cover, when we talk about the cover-up of the police force, uh, so much information we won't get now. How much information, or where can I find information on when they first had their first manhunt or the second manhunt, police officer, L.A. police officers actually killed people looking for him? Uh-huh. I can't well, find any stories on that are, anywhere. There are a number of reports. If you go to YouTube, you can find a number of reports, media reports, on that particular incident. From YouTube? Uh, okay. You can, right. Yeah, you can also find, uh, if you go to alternate.org, there's an article there. Uh, what was that again? Alternate? Alternate.org. If you go to the Our Common Ground Facebook uh, page, you can find the link to the article How Law Enforcement and Media Covered Up the Plan to Burn Christopher Dorner Alive. In that yeah, article okay. In that article it talks it has linked two reports about that incident. Okay. All right. There there are are a lot of um 
things you have to piece together for yourself on this. And I think that's true for almost all of the tragedies, uh, whether it be the Trayvon Martin case or uh, the execution by the state uh, of um, the uh, Davis um, uh, man last year, year before last in Georgia, whether it be uh, Sean Bell, any, any of these things. Because you have to ask yourself, how the hell do these police officers go without having been found guilty when it is so clear? Yes, has, it is clear. You know, sometimes yes, we want clear. to say, you know, investigation for what? It's real clear. You know, for instance, uh, on, um, on uh, Tuesday night, at 7.30, across the police scanners, we heard, burn that fucking house down, shouted by a deputy through a scanner. Fucking burn this motherfucker. Another cop could be heard exclaiming. And I played that's the clip the same, in the show. And that's the same thing we heard here in Philadelphia during the moves crisis. Uh, the moves into that same exact scenario. With, burn it down, burn it down. They didn't That's even turn right. the water on the fire hydrant. They actually had to turn That's it right. off. So they, they wanted to make sure that it burned. So I'm clear on that. Yes, I am. Yep. Philadelphia move was the same thing. Incinerary tear gas. Yeah. And even worse, an actual bomb. <laughs> it was actual bomb that dropped. Exactly. So uh, it's getting loud in the background. So uh, if you can mute okay. my mic, I can listen on. And, I uh, certainly will. It's good like to have you with us again. Uh, Brother Brock, good to hear your voice. Thanks for keeping up the great work. Okay. Thank you. That's Brother Brock from Philadelphia, PA. Our number is 347-838-9852. I know that there are those of you out there who have something to say about this case. You can join us at 347-838-9852. This is our common ground. Uh, taking a look in the chat room, my goodness. Oh, Henry in ATL and Stephen C., Sexy Man back in ATL, YJ, good to see you. Miss India Declare of the India Declare Show, which broadcasts here at Blog Talk Radio, 11 a.m. to Monday through Friday, the I Declare Show. And we've got Ed Lips and East Coast Sam, good to see you tonight. And, of course, my... Dear Brother, Alpha of the Alpha Show, which broadcasts right here at uh, Blog Talk Radio and TruthWorks Network. We'd like to hear from you. Um, I'm having um, somewhat of a problem. I'm still fighting with this cold. As you know, um, it is Black History Month, and I want to give you a couple of facts about black history. Uh Did you know that before becoming a professional musician, Chuck Berry studied to be a hairdresser um, and that legendary singer James Brown performed in front of a televised audience in Boston the day that, the evening that Martin, the day after Martin Luther King was assassinated and he was given credit uh, for preventing riots in this city. Uh, that 
Female science fiction author Octavia Butler was dyslexic. And um, despite that disorder, she went on to win the Hugo and the Beulah Awards for her writing, as well as a genius grant from the MacArthur Foundation. And before lawyer Johnny Cochran achieved na- nationwide fame for his role in the O.J. O- Simpson trial, actor Denzel Washington interviewed Cochran as part of his research for the award-winning film Philadelphia. But here at Our Common Ground tonight, what we want to do is we want to salute someone who is very special to me, and that is a woman who you may not know a lot about, but I will tell you as much as you need to know. Uh, Dr. Mary Berry, was Francis Berry, um, was born in, in Nashville, Tennessee in 1938. She is an African-American lawyer, administrator, scholar, activist, and author. And she certainly has been a personal mentor of mine. She attended public schools in Nashville and earned a bachelor's and master's degree at Howard University, a doctorate in history from the University of Michigan and a Juris Doctor degree from the University of Michigan Law School, and she is a member of the Bar of the District of Columbia. She received 28 honorary doctoral degrees and many awards for her public service and scholarly activities, including the NAACP's Roy Wilkins Award, the Rosa Parks Parks Award of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and the Ebony Magazine Black Achievement Award. She is one of 75 women featured in I Dream a World, Portraits of Black Women Who Changed America. She was provost of the Division of Behavioral and Social Science at University of Maryland College Park, chair of the Civil Rights Commission, in 1980 to 1982 and has been commissioner since that time. In 1980, uh, in 1977, she served as as the Assistant Secretary of Education in the U.S. Department of Health, Education, and Welfare until 1980 when she went to chair, serve as Vice Chair of the Civil Rights Commission. In 1984, Mary Frances Berry co-founded the Free South Africa Movement dedicated to the abolition of apartheid in South Africa, and she was one of three prominent Americans arrested at the South African Embassy in Washington the day before Thanksgiving because the time timing was delivered to ensure maximum news exposure. From 1990 to 1991, she was the president of the Organization of American Historians, and she is the Geraldine R. Siegel, professor of American social thought and professor of history at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. She became chairperson of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights on November 19, 1993, and as an independent, she was reappointed to the commission by President Bush in January 1999. 
in 2003, among other occasions, Dr. Barry took part in the Du Bois Scholars Symposium, The Souls of Black Folk, at the University of Wisconsin. And tonight at our common ground, we salute Dr. Mary Frances Barry. Thank you for being with us here tonight. We're going to go back to our phone number. 347-838-9852. Don't forget about Soul of Fire with Dr. Matthew V. Johnson on TruthWorks Network on at 10 o'clock on Wednesday night. And coming up on our common on TruthWorks Network, premiering on February 21st, commentaries on the time radio with Claythel Benjamin. 610, you're on the air. Thank you for your call. Oh, is that you, Brock? Yeah, that's Brock. Um, we have lines open at 347-838-9852, and we invite you to give us a call and let us get your thoughts about uh, the manifesto uh, of Christopher Donner. Um, he writes in this manifesto, the department has not changed from the Daryl Gates and Mark Furman days. Those officers are still employed and have all been promoted to command staff and supervisory positions. I will correct this error. Are you aware that an officer, a rookie probationer at the time, seen on the Rodney King videotape striking Mr. King multiple times with the baton on March 3, 1991, is still employed by the Los Angeles Police Department and is now a captain on the police department? Captain Rolando Solano is now the commanding officer of the LAPD police station, the West Los Angeles Division. As a commanding officer, he is now responsible for over 200 officers. Do you trust him to enforce department policy and investigate use of force investigations on arrestees by his officers? Are you aware Evans has since promoted to sergeant after kicking Mr. Gettler in the face? Oh, you violated a citizen's civil rights. We will promote you. Same as LAPD did with the, the officers for Metro involved in the May Day melee at MacArthur Park. They promoted them to sergeant, a supervisor role. No one is saying you can't be prejudiced or a bigot. We are all human and hold prejudices. If you state that you don't have a, have prejudices, you're lying. But when you act on it and victimize innocent citizens and fellow innocent officers, then that is a concern. For you officers who do the job in the name of justice, those of you who lost honest officers to this event, look at the name of those on the BOR and the investigating officers from PSP and Evans and ask them, how come you couldn't tell the truth? Why did you terminate an honest officer and cover for a dishonest officer who victimized a mentally ill citizen? That is the manifesto of Christopher Donner. 
312, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. Hey, Janice is House. Um, yeah, house good. music lover from Chicago. You got a uh, good show tonight, but it brings back a slightly painful memory for my um, for my own recent past. Um, you we know, we all having, have them, don't we? Yeah, we do. Absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, why there's so much empathy for this, for these uh, allegations in this manifesto, and that's why so many people wanted him to stay alive. But he decided, I will give my life for this. Yeah, and then. Uh, how many people will make that um, decision, uh, right or wrong? You know what's um, interesting, House. Let me let me ask you if you if if you were struck by this. We all sit around and we talk about how much uh, we admire those people who were rebellious, rebellion, and organized rebellions against slavery, like Nat Turner. Mm-hmm. But when a real Nat Turner comes around. We got some questions about whether or not, you know, that's been one of the interesting, interesting things about this. I mean, of course, uh, none of us uh, sit around and say we're glad that he killed people. But but murder in history in this country is a part of insurrection. Yeah, um... You know, even with uh, Dr. King, he had those same detractors and, you know, people didn't want him to rabble-rouse or, you know, bring certain injustices out and, you know, just let it lie. You know, he had the the same thing as um, Nat Turner or Prosser or, you know, any other, other, you know, revolutionists, you want to call them. Um, But I, I found it real striking. I didn't know that history of... The um, the officers that got promoted would be Rodney King um, until this came out. Um, I had no idea they were still on the force, much less got promoted. And there's no way in the world that they can't be promoting, um, you know, the the same hate and um, disregard that they have for Rodney King as being in leadership positions. You know, it reminds me of, um, you know, how the the Klan was the sheriffs and the mayors and um, the police departments, and, you know, there's no way in the world how they can separate their agenda, their white supremacist agenda, um, from doing their jobs. And, you know, 2013, the beat goes on. Yeah. So, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. You know, but the thing is that when we look at these systems and we look at the kind of injustice that black people, Latino people face every day on their jobs mm-hmm. and understand that the message is that you have to behave according to our code, and if our code doesn't work for you, that's just too bad. Mm-hmm. Not only is it too bad, but... I mean, how easy is it for those people in charge just to, you know, make a decision and totally change somebody's life, you know, and, and they pull the covers out and they they pull the, the chair out from under them. I mean, just on a whim, yeah. um, just to protect, uh, you know, their positions and 
you know, their power or even just for fun. Yeah. You know, whether it's a you know movie like Trading Places, yeah. you know, and they'll affect somebody's life for a dollar. Yeah. That, or um, here in Chicago, there was a police officer that beat up this woman in a bar a few years back. She finally got a judgment, and the judge actually said, and handing down the uh, the money, um, he mentioned the blue wall of silence, um, or the what was the blue wall. Um, And Rahm Emanuel came out and said publicly that he wanted the judge to retract the line about the blue wall. Yeah, because there's no other reason. I'm sorry. Because of the denial. Exactly. They Mm -hmm. they don't even want that on public record. They don't want that that to be. That was the problem with Christopher Donner. Mm Hmm. I mean, he ran headfirst into that blue wall. And it didn't budge. Mm-hmm. And as right as he was, probably, mm-hmm. um, I don't have a doubt that he was right about it, you know, it just wouldn't move. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said that the stuff that happened to me in West Palm, I was crazy out of my mind because I was about to be him. It changes your life. Except the fact. It does. But except for the fact that I was never in the military, I was never indoctrinated uh, with any kind of, Violence. Or mentality. Um, right. I, I don't have a mentality. Sorry, that, that wasn't me. Thank God. Um, but for him, you know, he bought into it fully, being yeah. into the service and, um, you know, former military and uh, wanted to, you know, legitimately serve and protect. And uh, when he ran into that blue wall, you know, like you eloquently mentioned and put it, he, that was it. That yeah. was, that was not, that rocked his foundation. There was nothing yeah. else. I mean, let me read a little bit more about what he says in his uh, manifesto. He writes that those black officers in supervisory ranks and pay grades who stay in South Bureau, even though you live in the Valley, are OC, for the sole intent of getting retribution towards subordinate Caucasian officers for the pain and hostile work environment their elders inflicted on you as a probationer and novice. You are a high-value target. You perpetuated the cycle of racism in the department as well. You breed a new generation of bigoted Caucasian officers when you belittle them and treat them unfairly. Hmm. He wrote that, which meant that he was saying that retribution is not a good thing inside an organization, no matter how you are. Now, I don't know if I go along with that, but I also know that it reaps nothing. It's not productive. But one of the things I said last week is this. There are three things, the three top things that happen to human beings in the world that can break them. The loss of a child by death. The loss of a spouse by death and the loss of your job. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, fortunately, I haven't experienced the first two, but uh, yeah, I experienced that last one um, through no fault of my own. And it is, um, it's, 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 it's harrowing. It, it really tests your character. Um, it really especially does. If you can't, if you can't get back on your feet immediately. Um, it really will. It will wear on you. It's the proverbial monkey on your back. Um, 
you know, what's some quote about, uh, you know, having your, your character tested in hard times, and mm-hmm. it will uh, it will truly um, test your character. And um, this man God has... knows. Go ahead. I'm sorry. God knows, like you mentioned before, how many people go through it on a daily basis. And, you know, with this um, recession and depression and everything that's going on, I mean, how many people uh, – more people are plunging into this who actually had some uh, level of security a few years ago and okay. got plunged into this. I mean, we we were hearing stories for uh, a minute, um, almost on a daily, if not on a weekly basis, of people killing themselves and and or their families um, who had economic despair. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, you know, through so a lost job. what happens when your black soul is robbed? Is the question. Well, we see what happens. Um, yeah, yeah. You can hear rock bottom. It, you know, one of the things, they keep calling him in the media narcissistic. Um, I'm sure he was one arrogant, belligerent son of a bitch with a smile, okay? Mm-hmm. I can see mm-hmm. through that. Um, mm-hmm. But I also have the sense that he was one of those, you know, you know, jolly fellows that went jolly mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of stuff going on in his head, observing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, I, 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 I don't see him as narcissistic as much as broken. And he responded, as Dr. Johnson said, in the same in the same way in which he was trained. Exactly. That's how he was trained to react. Um, That's- you know, and you gotta. You also have to throw a little bit of. I believe anybody that has been in a war zone comes back with PTSD. I think every veteran has PTSD. I live with one. Mm, yeah. Um, I wouldn't doubt it. Forget. Having um, just growing up in the city, and you know, seeing so much of the stuff that's still happening today. Um, oh. Yeah, I can. I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, um, I look at I look at golfing addiction. Uh, hmm. Somehow, I mean, you know, um, all this talk about that was then. But if you're in the jungles of Vietnam and you're being shot at by people you hmm. can't even see, and you hmm. get shot down, and you see the carnage and the savagery. If you look right. at the savagery in Afghanistan and Iraq, the savagery even of the bombing of museums, you've got to be um, unra- rattled and unhinged. Yeah, that, that, yeah, you have to go through some major means of, of coping. You know, and then when you try thing. to pull it together, and you think you have escaped. I mean, imagine being in prison for 20 years, a house, and a door, and you see a door, and the door is open, and in Mm. front of the door you see a field, and you run, and all of a sudden a new prison pops up out of the ground. You know how my imagination runs. (laughs) And, And you're imprisoned all over again. Well, what about that person seeing that door open and seeing an open field, but not even running towards it? 
Yeah. Think about being how traumatic, traumatized they would have to be not to even run toward them. You know, one of the reasons that I decided to do Solar Fire on TruthWorks Network is because spirit does matter. You know, yeah. and we have got to have strong spirits because we have to be witnesses on the bridge. I am a witness on the bridge. You are a witness on the bridge. And what we do with that legacy is so important. Yeah. You know, what do you tell? I mean, I don't I don't even want my grandchildren to be exposed to this story because what do you tell an 11-year-old black boy? who wants to do everything right, who understands that working hard at school and being smart is the way to go about the impediments in front of him. I think um, hopefully that was a rhetorical question. Yeah. Uh, I heard a a gentleman on the show that was uh, out there on the force and he mentioned how he believed, or he knew that uh, the brother was isolated where he was stationed, and he didn't reach out, or uh, they didn't reach out to him to help them help him deal. So I guess the only answer I could give, if that question was rhetorical, yeah. Yeah. was to have yeah. someone to reach out to. Yeah, I mean that is why last week when I was making the point uh, about. Barack Obama, and 98% of all black voters voted for him. We cannot rob people of their hope, what what they find affirming in their lives. You mm. see what I'm saying? That's a good point. That's a, that's a very good point. And, and actually, I as you were not, speaking last I will not participate in calling Barack Obama a fascist. I will not mm. do it because he's not for number one. And number two, because too many black people have affirmed themselves through Barack Obama, and yeah, that makes uh, them important. And I felt you when you made that point. Um, oh, I'm I was glad listening you to did. that sure show, and um, you know, I kind of rethought my approach, and not that I've rethought my opinion. You know, maybe I'll just rethink mm-hmm. of what. There's what I one think. thing to have opinions about policy, and you know. I mean, I was kind of pissed off on Tuesday night when he said minimum wage nine dollars because I wanted twelve. Right, me too. Okay, exactly. But at the same time, we have to under understand the machine. Barack True. Obama is no different than Christopher Donner in the Los Angeles Police Department. Barack yeah. Obama is just in another system. He's just that isolated the same way. Uh, Stay isolated and powerless. Absolutely. You. You know, one of the things that that uh, Dorner says in his manifesto, he addresses the the notion of going along to get along. Yeah. And for hmm. some people, they have to have that safety. It's just like I had a discussion with the black employee. You got to decide whether you're going to do hard time, or you're going to do soft time. I have decided that wherever I am, I'm going to do hard time. Hmm. That means that I have to do more work. That means that I have to be better at my job. And in the end, that's not really going to matter, but it, but day to day, that's my shield. Because when you come at me, you better come at me with your A game. Yeah. But I will do the hard time. I will not shut up. I will not be silenced. I will not 
see red and you tell me it's blue and I'm supposed to say it's blue. That shit is not going to happen. Not here, not any day, never. Uh, how do you keep from making yourself a target? You're always a and target. You're a target without doing anything. That's mm. hard. That is how the system of white supremacy and how they maintain and intend yeah. to maintain that system works. You're a target from, from from Jump Street. That's true. That's true. Because uh, that's I what I did on my previous job. I there said is something. nothing that Christopher Donner could have done for him to be one of them. Yeah. And he didn't yeah. learn that lesson early enough. That is why... That is why it is so so important for us to understand our black selves, and that is why we I say we have to speak truth to power and ourselves, because we come to our common ground to affirm ourselves. That's why I don't take any nonsense. <coughs> Excuse me, I, this cold is just killing me. But but those are the things that are important. Because those are the bridges which have brought us safely across. And hmm. every one of my friends who are out there thinking that they are have made it, there ain't no made in black America. Wow. That'll be a shock to a lot of people. Now, I mean, look at what's happening to the, the most powerful position in the universe. Is the presidency of the United States of America And look Just look and see What they are doing to him So it's I mean, going along To get along Is that I'm not suggesting that that's what you do I'm suggesting well, no, no. that every day We have to be strategic Because going along, getting along Kills your spirit as much as they will kill it Right, that that was my point. It's all yeah. part of the same system. Yeah. yeah. So what we have to do is we have to be clear about who we are, what our code of ethics, and I think one of the things that happened, in, if you read this manifesto, and I have read it like five times, if you go through that, it was too late. And that's why I'm suggesting that everyone listening to this broadcast tonight ought to be writing your manifesto. Mm. So every, they can... every black person ought to have a manifesto. You know what game you're in. And so that means uh, you're writing down your line of demarcation also. Absolutely. Your point of no return. Absolutely. Yeah, I get, I get you know, that. when when I was younger, um, I used to have a come to Jesus meeting. Uh, I mean, I've I've worked in a lot of different environments, but whoever I worked for, I have always had a come to to Jesus meeting with them when I first started working there to let them know you hired me for what you thought were my strengths. But let me tell you the package that comes with those strengths. And that is just like I got this one, I'll get another one. Mm. In other words, don't try it. And when you start trying it, I'm fighting back, and 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 I have no problems with walking out the door. Same door I came in. 
and and then you you know in in the in a work environment at some point you got to decide oh hell I done created so much garbage up in here it's time for me to go <laughs> before before I have self destructed I'm not suggesting that people ought to be self destructive right right no that's perfect I get it you know I get it, it totally yeah 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 I I just you know. I mean, I know the details of what happened to you, and that system wasn't ever going to, in the same way that the LAPD operated, that system was never going to tell the truth or see the truth or admit the truth or acknowledge the truth because it wasn't in their interest to do so. And also I blinded myself to it um, for uh, a much longer time. This time I... I Probably didn't mention to you that happened to me a year before that just should have opened my eyes um, to it. But, uh, you know, I was being uh, passive aggressive and laying low. And I know. You know, one not. of the things that I've always been known for wherever I have worked, and I've worked in three Fortune 500 corporations, I've had my own uh, consultancy, I've worked in um, in a number of <laughs> In a number of ways. As a matter of fact, in radio, mm-hmm. I got fired. Uh, um, well, I, I, got, I quit before they could fire me mm-hmm. um, in a very threatening, um, physically threatening uh, kind of situation where mm-hmm. because uh, I was, they didn't, the, the management didn't like what I was saying on the air. The, the, actually the, 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 the station manager came into the studio as though I was going to shut up because he came into the studio. And what I did was I started talking about his presence in the studio and why he was there. And at the end of my four hours, I said, I'll find you on another line. So, so that you know, you have to calculate. It has to be. It has to be calculated. And just like the young woman who had done 20 years, she retired from the Los Angeles Police Department. Said she had children she had to feed. Mm-hmm. But she knew Christopher Donner, and she knew of his situation, and she knew he told the truth. Two other black police officers have come forward and said he was absolutely telling the truth. And the thing is that before they set him up in those hearings, they knew he was telling the truth. But, right. you know, it's uh, it's it's like we have to know who our family is. Did, um, did he have family? Did he have a... He had a mother, and his mother was having dinner as he was being um, barbecued. Wow. And she said that she, her only statement was that she didn't condone his actions. He was isolated from his family as a result of how crazy he got because of his termination. Hey, House, I got to go. I hope you'll catch us on Thursday night with Plato Benjamin commentaries on the Time Radio because I got to talk about what he's going to be doing. He's going to be featuring one of his uh, essays each week, Um, actually um, reading it and examining it and taking calls. Uh, I'll see if I can make it, but uh, thanks for taking the call tonight. <laughs> I'll put you on the list. Uh, yeah, look out for me. <laughs> yeah, I will. 
Thank you, Jack. Thank you for your call. That was House Music Lover coming out of Chicago, formerly of Palm Beach County, Florida, when um, he became a member of the Our Common Ground family. We thank you all for being with us tonight. Let me um, try to give you an idea about what we're going to be doing. History, culture, society, politics, music, sports. Commentaries on the Times Radio with Plato Benjamin, Two Parts Network. Thursdays, 10 p.m., premiering February 21st. Commentaries on the Times Radio with Plato Benjamin. Thursdays, 10 p.m. And we hope that you will join uh, us with our premiere new show on um, TruthWorks Network with Playfell Benjamin. Uh, to, uh, he has been a uh, our common ground voice since 1985. And I think that he is one of the most prolific writers uh, in black America. 111, you're on the air very quickly. Oh, Thank no problem, Janet. This is Joe. Um, you don't, you may not remember me, but I know that I declare an alphos in your chat room, so I just wanted to say hello to them. Uh, hello to you, too, if you remember. Yes, I do, Joe. You do? Good. Well, you've only got a few minutes left. I, if I saw you sooner, I might have called in sooner to talk about Christopher Dawn, because I'm sure you and I would have had differences of opinions, which would have been fun. Well, I don't know if I can have fun when a when. A man is hunted down. A man who has been victimized by a system has essentially uh, lost control as a result of that victimization and is, um, I see all the victims as victims of the Los Angeles Police Department, Joe. Um, Yeah. Uh, When I said fun, I just meant you and I going back and forth. I know, that's what you talk. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear from you. Uh, don't forget, you can catch Alpha on Friday night uh, at 10 p.m. on TruthWorks Network. Nah, he likes to hang up on me. No, nah, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know about you and I declare and Alpha and, uh, networking together, which is good. But I just thought I'd come in and say hi to all you guys. So. Well, thank hi. you very much. Sure. It's good to hear from you. I'll take care now. Okay, that was Joe. That's the first time Joe's ever called my show. Good to hear from you, Joe. Alpho, there you go with your friends. (laughs) Thank you all for being with us tonight. Next week at Our Common Ground, we're going to be talking about the Constitution. How many of you believe that the Constitution was written for you? Please tell me not many. And don't forget to join us on Wednesday night with Dr. Matthew V. Johnson, Soul of Fire. If you have not heard his broadcast, you have been missing a lot. And you can catch us on demand here at Blog Talk Radio. All of our shows go to demand 15 minutes after we end the the live broadcast. India Declare. 11 a.m. Monday through Friday, I declare it's real, raw, and right now. So we hope that you will become regular listeners at TruthWorks Network, I Declare Media, and Our Common Ground. 
We're going to be having some changes here at our common ground. As you note, uh, we've got to put the infrastructure together. Uh, it looks as though we're going to be adding a program at our common ground, but we'll tell you more about that next week. And we hope that you have had a good evening. Thank you for being with us. Uh, drop us an email at ocginfo at our common ground and subscribe to us at our Facebook, uh, Facebook dot uh, our common ground with Janice Graham and our word our website ourcommonground.com and our and our common ground talk dot wordpress dot com is our blog site and we are doing marvelous work as as India would say marvelous work <laughs> I have my little grandson doing the India declare thing uh, so we'll see you next week and hope that uh, you will stay safe that if you have not read the manifesto please do if you have not written your own manifesto, and, and feel free to go to our blog plate, our blog spot um, at our common uh, our common ground talk wordpress com, and we have a place where you can publish your manifesto or talk about race discrimination in assist uh, as a systemic feature uh, in employment at our Working While Black Facebook page. I'm Janice Graham, and we thank you so very much for being with us tonight at Our Common Ground. This is Our Common Ground, and we are not anonymous. Speaking truth to power and ourselves, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. For justice and for the world, we will rise to disrupt. We are hated, vilified, and like order, considered to be enemies to the state. But there are those who whisper that we are culture and a necessity that bring truth to a cloaked world. In this spirit, we will forge ahead and allow Operation Order to commence. We are anonymous. We are legion. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Expect us. Broadcasting brave, bold, and black. I'm Janice Grant. Thank you for joining me. The time is coming when the window for us to restore the control of our government to ourselves will close. And we had damn well better act before then. You want to know why the American public is fit? They're fit because they're not seeing their Congress do the work that they're sent to do. We need to demand more of our elected officials. Damn bills that come out here all the damn time. Come out here in the last second. I gotta try to figure out how to vote for my people. They've in the excesses of power. They passed a bill that by their own admission, they hadn't read. This is PR politics. Economists consent that we bring up the bill to extend the tax cut for 160 million Americans. As you walk off the floor, Mr. Speaker, you're walking out. If you want to stand up on the floor of the Senate and defend the Wall Street banks like Bank of America and the credit card companies, be my guest. Why aren't we questioning the underlying premise of the need for a bailout with taxpayers' money? You've been listening to Our Common Ground. We broadcast bold, brave, and black each Saturday evening. 
10 p.m. Thank you for joining us tonight and speaking truth to power and ourselves. We are Legion. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Expect us. 